Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey, GB peeps. Welcome back. Welcome. We're back. We've missed you terribly. We're sorry for the break because of the break. Um, it's not a breakup. It's not a breakup. It's just a minor setback um, that has been surgically repaired now. So that's good. Poor Jamie broke her (laughs) wrist slash arm. Both bones. Yeah. And uh, so kind of set us back a little bit because she needed surgery (laughs) and now she's in a cast. But we are back in action. So we are really looking forward to getting back on track and drinking with you guys again. Yeah. Um, so today we have an episode called Kaleidoscope, Kaleidoscope of Ethics. Of Ethics. Yeah. It's exciting. So this is 49. Um, Sarah is going to be opening. Um, actually, I just thought, should we take a picture of my cool cast with it? Oh, for sure we should. <clears throat> so Jamie's going to pose before I open this bad boy up. Um, why don't you tell us what we are drinking? We are drinking the 2016 Prisma Pinot Noir. It's from Chile. This is a 100% Pinot. Um, it is 13.58% ABV, which is pretty good with a Pinot, I'd say. It makes me think that this is going to be more of a medium-bodied. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was like, wow. It looks really light to me. Jamie, I think this is going to taste very good to you since you haven't had wine in okay, a little bit. <laughs> It's been, it's, yeah, it's been like two weeks since I've had any it's wine. It's been a minute. Wine has been speaking to me, though. Every time I pass a glass, even mm-hmm. if it's like three feet away, I'm always like, Oh, I, I guess it, it is you. green bottle. We were debating if the bottle, the oh, wine wow. bottle was clear or not, because the, the wine looked so light in the bottle, but it's actually a green um, tinged bottle. And it color. actually, I mean, it's very light in color. Yeah, it smells but, nice. Well, it's deep in color, but it's very translucent. Yeah. So, light this, body. It I'm actually thinking. smells really nice. I haven't tasted it yet. All right. Well, cheers, bitch. Cheers, bitch. We're back. Bitches are back. I do, it's, I get the, I smell the oak a little bit and some, oh, cherry and oak. That's probably pretty accurate, I'd say. <laughs> cherry and oak. I did, I mean, I brushed my teeth not too long ago, so I'm going to give this a minute, but it does, it smells, it needs to open up, I think. smells, it's got that earthy note, which yeah, is which is Chilean. typical yeah. of Pinot Noir and Chilean wine. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> this wine was cold fermented in stainless steel and aged eight months in multiple sized French oak barrels. So, so really, just a quick note, I will mention that cold, the cold fermentation is somewhat unique in this and I think that's why they called it out because typically red wines are fermented at a higher temperature than white wines and it's not it's by no means like a hot fermentation but this just means I think and that's part of the reason why we get a slightly deeper color but it's not as opaque as it might be um, for the duration of it because it was cold fermented and so it it sort of stopped some of that transfer process. Yeah, and so Pinot Noir is a French grape, um, but this is grown in Chile. Uh, it's this one in particular is from three different clones, and they're all grown on different orientations on a single vineyard Isn't on a hillside. Yeah, it's really interesting. But for Chilean Pinot, I mean, again, it's not native there, but they're usually 
you're going to get notes of flavors of cherry, cranberry, and strawberry, and they're going to be lighter in body and high in uh, acidity. And so I I think this has all of that. That's, I think that checks all the boxes. Yeah. For, for sure. A little bit just about chili in general. Uh, the fruit from chili is usually grown on their own rooted vines. They're one of the only places who did not have, weren't affected by uh, phylloxera. That's right. So that's very uh, unique to chili because pretty much almost all the wine regions were. Yep. And so... Uh, Which wiped really, out... It was an insect and it wiped yeah. out all of the... Basically all of the vineyards. They are one of the only ones who have their own rootstock vines. So that's something interesting and different for chili. And they are um, sustainable farming who makes this wine, right? Sustainable farming? Yep, they do sustainable far- farming. This, this vineyard does. This is imported by Brazos Wine Imports. And they um, import to the states from 13 families in Argentina and Chile. They actually have a warehouse in Sonoma. And they focus on winemakers that are artisan, single vineyard, estate-grown, small production, and eco-friendly. Awesome. So that's really cool. Yeah, so this is not like a California Pinot. And it's (laughs) different from an Oregon Pinot to me. It's not a French Pinot? No. um, I think it is more old world than new. Um, and they do focus on old world styles, even though, I mean, oh, Chile is, is new world, I guess. They picked up a lot of their practices and technologies from the old world. Mm-hmm. Actually, I know we're not drinking it, but they have some of the only, like they have original Kermenier, which was grown in France because they imported it there on a ship a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so the French Kermenier is grown on, you know, grafted rootstock, but Chilean Carmenier is like the original, like the OG, you know? Yeah. I am going to probably not drink a ton of this just since it's first beverage since the break. Um, so, Sarah, you're going to be the one to, I think, tell us how the, f- the flavors really change. I do think you're accurate in your description that it is very cherry and it's cherry and oak on the palate. I think it's very earthy. I think it also has that high acidity. It is a very light-bodied wine. It's super light and acidic. Yeah. Anyway, let's see if it opens up a little bit. I'd be very interested to see, you know, how it might change uh, after we give it a good swirl. So our topic today, Kaleidoscope of Ethics. We are entering a sort of, although we are drinking Prisma, which is very beautifully rainbow in color so yeah our label looks like a kaleidoscope and that's where we got the um the name from it is it is a prisma obviously it's called prisma but the label looks like a kaleidoscope yeah yeah so and so we're you know every time that you talk about ethics and we talk about like studies of things whether it be i mean i don't think there's a ton of ethics when it comes to studying weather or something like that but when it comes to studying people and animals just there there tends to be some gray area uh in terms of what is ethically or morally right to do and there has been i think some light shed recently um based on a cnn documentary as well as uh, some other literature um about the studies of twins i will say this is what sort of sparked it the study of twins or multiple births and the intentional separation of those individuals in an orphanage and it's crazy. Oh, girl. And I know you are a twin, so I'm sure this really hits home for you. It does. Yeah. It does. I mean, I wasn't separated if, from my twin, thank God. If you guys don't know this, Jamie is one of two. <laughs> I am one of two. But I am technically thing two. My sister is thing one. 
Um, you know, with the documentary, it sort of brings things to light because there's a lot of contention about whether or not the results should be made available because right now they're being stored away until 2065 or something like that. Is it that late? Who knows if we're even going to be alive? Well, that's the whole point. They don't want the subjects of the study to be alive when the results are released. That is crazy. Yeah. I see. I'm sorry. <laughs> Already, already you're getting a sense. I'm already getting, I'm already getting like a little upset about that. Yeah, yeah. Sarah and I are just gonna, we're gonna do IMOs, in my opinion, about ethical studies and things of that nature. But we want to kind of set the tone a little bit and figure out or talk about why this has come about. So twins are really, really common in scientific studies. And again, I have not been. Is it more the identical twins? More identical twins. Because you essentially have like a control group, right? Right. And you can test whatever. Because it's the same genetics. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And the whole nature versus nurture thing. What really struck me is that uh, twins, specifically identical twins, have been used as the focus of studies since like 18... Oh, my God. I must find this. 1875. Is it 1875? Yeah. Charles Darwin's cousin. God, what a smart-ass family. I know, right? (laughs) There's a gene study. Seriously. (laughs) How many of the Darwins are are scientists? He's the one, Francis, came up with the idea to monitor to use the phenomenon. Is it he or she, Francis? I think it's a he. Okay. I'm pretty certain it was a dude. He really kind of thought of the phenomenon of twinning to estimate the relative powers of nature and nurture. He also is the founder of the concept of eugenics, which you might find familiar from the Nazis. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's a he. It's a he. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I mean, his whole mindset and the rationale to use twins, actually, when you think about it, it makes perfect sense. But I think that we can all agree that the Nazis took things way too far. There's no argument whether that they were completely unethical in their scientific studies. Dude, you know, I like think some that's of the things a they different did. podcast. I'm so oh, interested. We should totally talk about that. Okay, we'll, we won't digress down or go down that rabbit hole because it would be really, really easy to. But... Um, Since that time, thankfully, um, twins have been part of studies for, I think, much more positive um, things and has been done in a much more ethical and positive way. Um, Case in point, those NASA astronaut twins, um, Mark and Scott Kelly, they they agreed to participate in a study from NASA to sort of test the genes and see how genes might change Mm -hmm. with deep space exploration. Now, they didn't really go deep space, but they're just kind of like trying to estimate like what might be um, relevant to kind of keep track of. One of the twins was on Earth, on land, and the other twin was at the International Space Station. And guess what? His genes like completely changed that they were no longer identical. Wait, what? Uh-huh. How? Uh, due to a lot of different things. The radiation, um, due to just sort of like your body's immune response to being in a completely different atmosphere. Um, they they changed, they morphed. I think some of them have morphed back, but it does change based on space. Like you, That's insane. I know, I know. That in itself should be a study. Well, it, it was. And there, yeah. I, th- I don't know that they're going to continue doing it because it's 
it's very unique that they had these twins to Yeah, explore. so let's talk about that for a minute. <clears throat> yeah. How common is it to be able to find twins to put in a study, right? Because sure. twins aren't that common, I thought. Um, I do think that they are more increasingly common. Mostly, I think, as a result, um, I was listening to a few podcasts about this and just from other things I've read. Because women are having children at a later age which means yep, that so that's a higher risk of higher twins. risk of twins yeah. mm-hmm. um also with using um fertility options uh-huh. um in vitro things of that nature um where you might implant multiple embryos and see but wouldn't that make them fraternal they are okay so there is a rise i think in twins um i think the stats that i found there are about 33 33 in every 1000 human births are twins okay how many are twins. identical? Yeah. Identical twins, that is four in every thousand births. Okay. So pretty so rare event. Yeah. Because if you think about it, even in fertility treatment, if you're implanting two embryos. They're going to be fraternal. They're, yeah. They're not the same genes right. unless they implant one and then it splits. And I don't know how common that is. Right. But did you know like the Olsen twins are fraternal? Are they really? Yeah. Which is interesting because they look so much alike. My well, sister yeah, and I don't really the know. the same person on TV. <laughs> Very true. I find the whole idea of nature versus nurture very interesting it is because so interesting. I will tell you, even from my own perspective, and damn, I wish Lindsay was on here. My sister and I, we don't really know if we're identical or fraternal. That sounds weird. I understand. We haven't been tested. There's a lot of things that should be, you know, for sure dead ringer giveaway if we are one or the other, but science in the 80s and people not being present and whatever. We don't know. Okay. It's a million dollar question. Let's not get into it, but they just don't know. Okay. We don't know. So when we were growing up, we very intentionally wanted to be separate. We wanted to be individuals. And we got really upset when people would just call us the twins. And we're like, you guys suck. Like we are Jamie and Lindsay. Um, That led to us really kind of finding, trying to find our own identities and uh, trying to do different things, even though we were actually really good at some of the very same things. So we were really good at math. We were on the dance team. We played softball. We did all the same sports, although she did gymnastics and I did uh, basketball. That being said, we did have a lot of the same strengths. In high school, hated each other. I think you could easily say that. And we very intentionally said that we would not go to college together. Even though we were separated by so many states in college, the two of us picked up the same exact mannerisms, which is ridiculous. And I will also say that we have the same voice. Now I really want her on this podcast. I can tell you guys apart voice-wise. Can you? Yeah. Sometimes I can't. You know what, though? (laughs) My sister and I, I mean, we're not obviously twins. She's five years younger than me. Right. But... We've tricked our parents on the phone before. Really? Yeah. I mean, my mom can pretty much. My dad, I, we could totally trick him. It's so, so funny. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so then again, it just raises, like, is this nature versus nurture? Yeah. How does this happen? How does it happen? For sure. Um. So anyway, I, I still, one day we'll find out. But twins are still used knowingly in studies. There's this Twins Day Festival in Twinsburg, Ohio. It's every August. It's the first weekend. We've never been, although we want to go. Apparently, they set up a whole station where they just ask twins to come be parts of studies. And oh, wow. Like blind tasting abilities. Oh, yes. that would be right up our alley with the wine, Shit, huh? right? Aging and skin effects, fingerprint yep. variances, mm-hmm. and facial and vocal recognition. Isn't that yeah. creepy? Get this. Get this. Oh, oh, oh. So like facial recognition, 
Haven't you heard about all that stuff that's that's happening with like cameras in the airport and No. So there was this there was this report and I can't remember which airline it was. It was one of the um economy airlines but somebody complained because they were going to check in to their flight instead of them passing the boarding pass they looked at the camera and apparently there was some sort of facial recognition and they got in no yeah so this person like freaked out and like sent a complaint and then they like basically said yeah we have facial recognition no yeah (gasps) okay listen to our last podcast about nip and tuck yep or you can, or if you want to go back to our episode where we talked about all the different things that the government and all the things you need to be careful f- careful about in terms of privacy, privacy, exactly, exactly. That is creepy. To, yeah, yep. Episode five. Keep That's it confidential. This really falls into it. It is so creepy we go down that rabbit hole again but just keeping in mind like if you guys are twins how facial recognition well do you know what's funny like i have my iphone and i will say before my surgery it never used to accept like it would never open for her Uh last week when she was with me after my surgery she could open my phone by looking at it and flipping it up for the facial recognition that is crazy isn't that weird yeah so i i really don't know how that how that happens but or even like voice recognition like we were talking about yeah yeah I there's think a lot really of cool. new developments from keeping it confidential i'm not even getting into it but i've heard some crazy things lately well we might have to revisit yeah for sure so so anyways twins have been twin studies are really contributing a lot to science um, and technology and sort of the many, many innovations that exist. Unfortunately, before um, the advent of, or I guess the 80s, people didn't really think that way. And so there was this ridiculous study that is, I think, largely debatable about what it is. So actually, let me tee up really fast. I've heard about this particular study from two different sources specifically. Many years ago, I argue that my sister bought me this book, although she thinks I bought it for my mom. I didn't. Uh, It's called Identical Strangers, and it was written by these twins, um, Elise and Paula, who were adopted into families that had older brothers that were also adopted. Um, But they they didn't know that they were twins. So did someone do this on purpose? Yes. So someone knew that there was a pair of twins that were in an orphanage or something, and they decided that they... Well, so here's what happened. Um, There was a very specific orphanage in New York. It was a Jewish orphanage, uh, Louise Wise. Uh, They agreed to be used to intentionally split up multiple births, whether that's twins, triplets. There may have been a set of quads in there. I'm not positive. How often are people giving away their children like that? I'm not sure, but here, identical here's, twins are a point four percent. You said four in a thousand. That's point four percent, and then you have to think about how many of those are like given up for adoption. I, I right? agree, but also think about how much more Stressful. pressure and stress yeah. is placed on a mother or a home life with twins. Right. I mean, you're just not ready for that. Yeah. I wouldn't be ready for that today. Louise Wise um, somehow uh, agreed. There is this Dr. Neubauer. He's an Austrian scientist and child psychologist. Okay. And he's the one who sort of came up with this, I guess, study. And it was meant, well, it's debatable. Um, it depends what source you're looking at, but also it's been said that they won't release what the true intent of the study was. Um, some say that it was specifically just to study nature versus nurture on a broad level. 
Others were saying that it was studying parenting effects. Um, and even beyond that, and from this book with the twins Paula and Elise, they actually, I am curious, I can't remember this if they were extremely definitive about this, but essentially it was studying the genetic nature, whether or not mental disorders were hereditary. Okay. And so, that's a fair question. Yep. And so, I believe that it is that their birth mother was, I think she was a schizophrenic. Um, oh, at a local very hospital. Very interesting, because that is genetic, right? Which is why she had to yeah. get give up the girls, okay. right? So many weird things. I could talk about this forever because it is infuriating. And I remember when I was reading the book, I would like just start like crying angry tears just because it's just like I can't even fathom. Like one of the girls was adopted at six months, the other was adopted at nine months. They shared the same crib for the whole time they were at the orphanage. Could you imagine? Like you're. You're staring at yourself, basically, and then all of a sudden, it just vanishes. So, like, the two girls grew up, and they both felt like they were missing a huge part of their life. Yeah. They went through depression eras. They but they didn't through, know they had a twin. They didn't know they had a twin. It wasn't until they were older. Um, one of them, I apologize, I can't remember. I think it might have been Elise. Um, but one of the twins was really interested in figuring out who her birth mother was. And she reached out to the adoption agency and they said, we can't disclose that information. It's a closed adoption, um, which was the way things were done then. I think right. now you can do more open or closed. But back then it was all closed. So they told her, nope, we can't give you any information. She had sent multiple letters. And then the... Now you just got to spit in a cup. What? 23 and me. I Oh my God, that's so true. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, now it's way <gasps> easier. Could you imagine how many other people are finding that? Oh, my God. Okay. So the adoption agency was closing. Someone who worked there had seen her letters and felt so bad, she just sent her her information and was like, oh, my God, you have to know this. And that is how she found out that she had a twin. So she looks her up, calls her out of the blue, and says, hey, I'm your twin. And the girl was like, I don't have time for this. What? Yes. Well, think about it. You're like in your 30s. I right. think they might have been like 35 or something. No clue. You've grown up. Like you had your family. You knew you were adopted. You're comfortable with your family. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, you come to find out you have Oh, my a God. Twin. My curiosity. Are you kidding me? Well, she was also pregnant, I think, with her first baby at the time. And so it was just really not coming at a great time. But guys, let's be honest. What does come at a great time? Nothing ever comes. I'm just going to comment and say this is opening up. A little bit. Yeah? It's It's got, I, I can get a little more strawberry. It's almost like an underripe strawberry. Mm-hmm. On the, mm-hmm. I mean, on the nose, I would say. I'm not getting as much oak as I did before, but it's very acidic. I'm still feeling heavy oak. I'm, I've, I'm not getting the oak, but I'm, I'm getting like the I feel like a little acid. pledge going on here. <laughs> like a little bit. Pledge. <laughs> on the oak. That's an awesome descriptor. <laughs> not that I've ever eaten pledge. You've just smelled it. and then I it, smelled it plenty of You night. smelled it so much that you know the taste. Oh, my God. So, anyways, going back. So, she didn't want to know, have anything to do with her twin. Right. Okay. And then it, it I can't remember how long, um, how much time passed, but uh-huh. they, they ultimately decided to meet, and it, it took them a long time to have a relationship. I'm sure. But because in the process, like, they're, you know, questioning then, like, what's been happening their whole lives. Then you get angry because you're like, well, somebody took away this opportunity for me to have a twin sister. Like, what the fuck? I told you before, I, Lindsay and I did not like each other. That does not mean that I would ever have wished to have not grown up with, right. out, like, without her. Of course not. I 
my life would be very I don't think my life would be the same of course it wouldn't if I didn't have her no that would be crazy so question you said this was for a study right Yes. Okay, so is someone studying these people like yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole time? Like okay. 30 years? I mean, like... Great question. So it, that's super creepy. Okay, so I don't know how long they were planning to study. Again, because these files are locked up at Yale. Now, Yale did not do the study. Yale is holding the study information. So Yale is not really associated whatsoever with this. Okay. Aside from the fact that they have been bequeathed all of the files and told uh, legally they cannot release them until October 25th in 2065. That being said, when the babies were split up, uh, when they were taken into adoptive homes, the parents were essentially told that they were just studying the impacts of adoption and family and, you know, sort of integrating into new, um, I guess, family systems dynamics whatever yes thank you family Mm -hmm. dynamics you know it just seemed kind of normal and just like more of a behavioral study right so the idea was that these um researchers because it was a group of them that had to go into the family homes spend some time with them they took video they took notes they took um recordings and things like that to study Uh and just went home and filed their shit away i don't know if there is excuse me anything that's really conclusive because they didn't publish the results. And Neubauer himself said that he didn't want to publish the results because he thought that they would be, everyone would have problems with them. Duh. With the results or with the study? I think both. Okay. Which, again, we're not quite 100% certain what the goal of the study was, right? Because they haven't full out said it. Like the triplets that are part of that CNN documentary, ident- three identical strangers. And that's, like, the weirdest fucking fluke, how they met each other. Because it wasn't even through the adoption agency. So what happened with them? One of them... Um, so they, they're part of the same study. They're part of the same exact study. Triplets boys. Yes. Identical. Identical. Okay. So one of them... And I am so sorry. I watched this and I don't remember which brother was which. But so essentially... One of the brothers was going away to a community college. It was a stay-on-campus community college or something like that. Um, He shows up on campus. Everyone's, like, acting like they know him. And he's Uh like, wow, they're really friendly here. That's so cool. And he goes to move into his dorm or whatever. And he's dropping his stuff off. And all of a sudden – oh, and girls were, like, kissing him and shit. Like, like, oh, so glad to see you or whatever. And he was like, what? Where? I think I like this place, you know? Right, right. I mean, what teenage boy wouldn't like that? In this in the seventies, and so he was in his dorm room, like putting shit away. And this guy walks in and says something, and he turns around. And he's like, "No, man, that's not my name." And the guy literally looks at him and he goes, "What is your birth date?" And it was July twelfth or something like that. And the guy the guy who had walked into the room was like, "I need you, I need you to come with me. We need to call my friend." And it's his friend who just wasn't coming back for that summer or whatever. And they put him on. Same exact voice, same exact birthday. They look exactly alike. They're fucking identical twins, right? So then both all, adopted. Both adopted. Okay. So then all this publicity comes out like, oh my but God. It's really weird. They're both adopted in the same area. So they yes. just happen to go to the same college. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For as big as New York is. Right. You're like, what? So then they're on TV and all this shit. They're in the newspaper and another family who had um, two adoptive kids, the older sister, Uh looked at the newspaper, turns to her brother and is like, 
oh my god, I think you're the third one. And nobody even expected there to be a third one. Sure shit, he was the triplet. Holy crap. And so they are, like, they were on all these TV shows. I've watched some snippets of that. Um, they were in a Madonna music video. I can't remember which one, but it's so funny. You should watch a CNN documentary. Okay. Um, but then they went into business. Like, they were, like, broing out like crazy. I mean, they loved this. This was, like, so cool. And they got they, so much well, attention. They got, yeah, they got so much publicity. Right? Yeah. So they opened a bar and restaurant. Looking at them, they're totally, like... The they look young, like fun guys, right? Fun, good-looking guys. Yeah, too. and they found, they actually found their birth mother. They met with her once, and then that was it. They didn't really care that much. But from the CNN thing, it didn't really make it clear that it was supposed to, that it was about mental disorders. And to me, that's why I just not am not really certain what the the overall goal was. Yeah. Unfortunately, how one crazy of, would it be to be like walking around one day and then you look at you find someone who looks exactly like you and. Talks like I mean I know for you you have a twin so it's a little different, but like for the rest of us like to just randomly as an adult, yeah, find someone who you looks like you talk to and then find another one. Yes, it is so crazy and outrageous, and you kind of think that it's just a coincidence, but then you come to see this is they literally could be related to you, right? You have no fucking clue. But this is I mean this is extreme, huh? It's very and extreme. planned, which is crazy. Well, and that so that is the other piece that's really I think alarming, and the piece that I think that we want to talk about. Like I've already said, like how I feel, like this is it's unbelievable. Well, okay, but do you think there is ever a reason why you would conduct a study like this that would make it ethical? So I guess I would say this: if they're in an orphanage, right? Yeah. How many? parents are really going to adopt triplets i i I think it's going to be a hard sell so like maybe if if these kids were going to end up going to separate houses anyways separate families Mm -hmm. then i could see this being ethical in the sense like while they're going to separate families anyways and you're not going to disclose anything because like you said back in the day that was like how it was i could see this being like well let's just you know observe it an observational study but if you're like doing it on purpose yeah separating them uh that makes it a difference well it's it is really interesting because i mentioned you know that one of the hypothetical things that they were studying supposedly is that they were studying parenting or family dynamics so from my understanding from these two cases so from the twins paul and elise and from the triplets here they were each adopted into a family that had like a certain actually it wasn't even certain socioeconomic status because I think for the triplets it was sort of like across the board but they all had an older sibling who was also adopted like these are families that could not have children Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the oldest sibling older sibling was adopted in the case of the identical or the triplets they were older sisters in the case of um uh, what's it called? The twins. They both had older brothers. So theoretically, you could say that you were trying to study adopted families and mm-hmm. how that changes. I'm just curious. Like, think of all of the families that maybe were just trying to adopt for the first time. And they wanted to have multiple kids. This could have been their opportunity to do it. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I can't – I can't. I know adoption isn't easy nowadays. I can't imagine that it was – Right. And I feel like for twins, that totally makes sense. I think it would be really hard, though, for anyone to take triplets, whether or not you wanted more. I agree, but 
you um, know, it's it, that's the problem. Is that it's a moral thing. Like, should should science, should the adoption agency really be choosing what they can or cannot handle and getting not even allowing them the option to say yay or nay? Right. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So, you, so you think that there are? I just don't know. It's just I can understand. <laughs> okay, if it was if if the intent was that these kids were going to be separated anyways because it was either that or they're going to live in an orphanage for years. Sure. Then I can understand, like, okay, we might as well observe these. But if you're doing it on purpose, separating them on purpose, mm-hmm. then I find issue with that. I think yeah. that's my yeah. two cents on that. There's there's that whole thing about, like, informed consent, right? I think that's where we find ourselves in a sticky situation because yeah. there are, I mean, so many, aside from the the twins thing, because there are so many other scientific studies that have occurred without consent. Um, there's the Tuskegee uh, situation, which is where I believe it was inmates were mm-hmm. um, given syphilis. Yeah, but that's where annoyingly. Um, so now that's why there's IRBs, mm-hmm. investigation review boards, because basically any study has to go through an IRB and get approval, and all those those people like prisoners. Um, and children yeah. and the vulnerable populations are usually ones that if you're going to study require like an extensive review of the study. Certainly. Otherwise, you, you're usually excluding them. Yeah. Because it's not, it's unfair. And it's because of that that the IRBs exist. Yeah. Which is so, good. Which is great. Now, does, so that, that begs the question in this case, could this happen in this day and age with IRBs? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because this probably all happened before IRBs came. This is like in the sixties to eighties. And are, so are adopted. So are children that are in orphanages considered like part of that vulnerable population? I would think that they are. I yeah. don't know for sure, but so then it comes down to like, okay, let's say you have parents that are willing to do whatever with their children. Yeah. And those kids, like twins, go through whatever study. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I I mean it is it's very much a a slippery slope I think. And you know, with that podcast that I was listening to today about with the professor of ethics. You know, he just he mentioned that ethics the idea of ethics and morals change based on what's happening in society. So like what oh, we yeah. back back then what they considered to be ethical, I mean, they ultimately uh, I'm going to take a step back and we'll just assume that they were really just studying parenting behaviors. Oh, that seems no. like a... No, I'm sorry. If they it's couldn't sealed, there's no way. There's no way that if that's it's really sealed, the there is some there is some deep, dark shit that's going on. Yeah. There. Like, honestly, these people, like, who knows if they were taking saliva samples of them and they didn't even know. Like, you have no idea what kind of Big Brother shit was happening if they will not release the information until 19... 19- what or i'm sorry 2065 when everyone's gonna be dead yeah i mean effectively or or super old yeah well effectively it's like a hundred years after the study began yeah i mean to some extent right Um, but like who is continuing that on because those investigators will be dead oh yeah i mean many of them are many of the people who participated as the researchers continuing this it's not continued. It ended. No, it, I mean, who's like obliging? Like, oh, sorry. Just so, the stuff. so there is. Let me see really quick. Where is it? Jewish Board of Family services? and Children's Services. Yeah. This so is, they can release so any because this was the Jewish orphanage. That is who like took 
quote unquote ownership of the study and they are the ones who have the they can yay they have the power to say yay or nay so they ultimately caved and disclosed to the triplets the boys um, their files largely redacted from what I understand but they are hanging on to the tens of thousands of pages of other documentation until 2065 and who knows how many other kids still haven't found out yeah yeah our twins yeah all you adopted children better go out there and look if you're if you were adopted from he knew you were adopted from, from louise wise i would i would assume that based on all of the publicity that's been out there because of it they probably have a decent sense as of this point if you were like but i think there are still some that have not been identified. i'm sure i mean what if you never saw this you know what i mean i mean i hadn't until you told me about so it. so i feel like the name of science i in the name of science like, there is a line overall. I feel like this okay, is what we true. come to. But that question, nature versus nurture, is such an important question. And I'm not saying that the way they went about this is right. But that question is such an important question. And I think some of the only ways you're going to answer it is, I think identical twins are a great way to know. Because there's so much that plays into nature versus nurture. Diseases like cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, colon cancer is on the rise. Why? You know, is it genetic? Is it breast cancer? Like all the different types of cancers. Obesity. You know, metabolic disorder. Mental mental illnesses. Right. You know, all of these things. And they, you know, because a lot of times when you have one of these diseases, you say, oh, it could be genetics. It could be genetics. It's probably your genetics. And like a lot of cancers, you know, it's like some of it is genetic and then some of it is not. Yet, even in that family you might find people maybe the genes just not identified we don't know yeah but then it's like well how much of it is environmental how much is it related to the toxins in your food well ex- that's how the other thing i was going to say yeah. to where you live in the country mm-hmm. like we just don't know like whether you spend a lot of time outside if you put on sunscreen every day exactly if, you know things like that I, they it all they all factor in and i think that is like the important thing you know how it's it's not Obviously, nature plays a part and obviously nurture plays a part. But it's what is the weighting of each of these things, of each of these factors, yep. how much plays into. And if you take, and I'm not saying that this is a study that should ever happen, <laughs> but if you take two identical twins and you put one in a very nurturing family and the other one in a family that has poor dynamic and some abuse or whatever do those kids come out the same i mean i think that from a very i don't know an, a very unscientific i'm gonna say no thought, they're absolutely not gonna be the same exactly but that's the whole nature of researcher well right? and the, the argument would be what is the same right even despite so those one, two or do they both end up having mental disorders of a different degree because yeah. mental disorder is part of genetics? I don't know. I think it's a combination, but we just, like you said, we don't know the weight of each. Right. And I think that, especially for whatever disease or whatever we're talking about, you don't know the weight of each. I'm just going to take a step back for another minute because I will, I just I think that this is incredible and not in a great way. Uh, it's just incredible that something like this could happen. I also think... You know, it is a fine line whether or not something is ethical and whether or not you should do something for the sake of science. Yeah, science is a great thing. Yeah, it's great that we can, like, learn new things and sort of adapt to that environment and that we can, like, sort of mitigate some things, some situations and things of that nature. But we don't have a fail-proof cure for cancer. No. We are identifying drugs and things like that to prolong people's lives, even though their quality of life might be shot to shit. Oh, that's all. I know it's a totally another one, but but this is my point. A, no, it's a really good point. This is my point about ethics too, yeah. though. Is like, are all, so all of these studies 
great. We want to learn things 100%. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't want to live to be a fucking 100 years old. No. no not unless I'm, like... Unless really, I'm kicking it and yeah. I'm, like, dancing up on a bar. Like, I... Maybe not that. I don't actually want to do that. But... Uh, if I'm, like, doing yoga and I'm drinking wine and I'm having a good time... Great. But, like, if sure. I'm... If I'm, but like... if not, then no. If I'm battling a million things and people yeah. are just piping me with medication oh, just to help me survive... No. no. I don't care what age I am. And that also leads to overpopulating the earth because people are living a lot longer and they're utilizing more resources. And it goes into, again, more down a rabbit hole, totally different podcast... But you just think about things like that, and I think some of those need to be considered when we weigh whether or not the benefit of doing a study outweighs the ethical nature of it. Oh, I totally agree. Jamie I just feel so bad for these out. twins. I, I can't tell you. I was like, I remember being on elliptical reading this, and I was literally crying. Well, it's very, especially for you, who is a twin, I am sure it is like, I mean, it just pulls at the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. You're like, this it's is so too close sad. to home. It's so sad. Yeah. Anyway. God. Crazy. I, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Anyway, sorry. I think, I mean, I feel like I've said my, my said piece your piece. Yes. Have you said your piece on this wine? You know, I'm sorry. I think that there are a lot of other Pinot Noirs that I would. So I am. Ch- How much was this, by the way? Uh, you, you know, remember? I got this so long ago, I, but I, I, I don't think it's an expensive one. So I'm going to go ahead and say, like, I love Pinot. I know you do. I love Pinot from Morgan. Yep. I really, really do. From Willamette. Damn don't it, remind me. Damn it. I had to cancel Damn my it. Willamette trip. No, I'm sorry. Stupid cast. So I'm a huge Pinot fan. This is different. <laughs> um, but I will, I'm usually not a Chilean, Chilean, wa- fan. Chilean wine fan. Now, we didn't get it. We've spoken about Pinot in the past and how, you know, it likes its harsh environments and it likes its cooler temperatures. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like Chile is like. Now, this is from a microclimate. This is in the Casablanca Valley, which is very foggy. All right, all right. So, all this right. is, it is a cool climate, it. technically. Although, okay. you're right. Uh, Chile is mostly known for the moderate or hot. Yeah, climate. so this is twelve ninety nine. Okay, is the price. It is really acidic. I'm I, thinking this is going to be better with food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something in here says you could eat this with something tomato based, and I don't think so because I feel like that'd be way too much acid. No. I feel like you need to pair this with something like fatty or meaty or like. I would. I historically probably would have agreed with you that I wouldn't go acid and acid. However. Sometimes it's good to have something like a high acid food because it'll make this seem not okay, as acidic. I could see that. And that's yeah. why when you drink a lot of Italian wines, those Italian reds are very acidic. But Italian but reds Italian... are much bolder than this. This is not a very... They can be. Yeah. They, I mean, like, this is okay. like... This is not my... This would not be my it's cup not my of jam. Pinot. It's not my jam. No. I love Pinot. This is not my jam in terms of Pinot. I don't think this is um, like pour it down the drain... No, it is just, it's a, um, it's a, <laughs> spit it out. No. Okay. Not the wine. <laughs> it's not awful. It's okay. just, it's too tart and light for me. It's almost like a Beaujolais I knew Nouveau. You were say it. <laughs> I knew that you were going to say it. Like, it, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't know, in your face, tart, acidic. And I, Pinot, I like Pinot because I want to taste, I want to taste the grape. Yeah. And I'm not quite getting there with this. I think that. I I think the oak 
It's a little it's much. It's a little much. It's a little much on this. And I actually think that if it was less oaky, it might actually be a bit better. Especially because, like you said, when you t- drink Pinot, you want to taste the Pinot. Yeah. Like, you want to have more of that. Like, sometimes you get more of those savory and the savory characteristics. Yes, you get the earth. But mm-hmm. you want the earth and the fruit. And I'm just not getting the fruit yeah. here. And this is a 2016. Yeah. I agree I mean, with you. maybe it needed a couple more years. I don't know. I mean, it's a $13 bottle of wine. Yeah. It's not like no. it's not like it's breaking the bank. It's not like it's horrific. It's just... It's not horrific. You know, I actually think some wine drinkers, depending on their palate, would actually really enjoy this. Yeah. Um, it We'd just, probably just toss in a few extra dollars and get a, d- a different one. Right. I'm, Although Willamette is more than a few dollars more than that, usually. This is true. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, like, I... I don't think that this is a bad wine. It's just, I think it's it's for a specific palate. Yeah. And it's just not mine. That's good. I like that. So, I mean, I, yeah, like you said, I'm not pouring this down the drain. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of smooth on the beginning. Like, I'm not, like, hating it. It's just that tartness at the oh, end. Oh, no. It, you're, I think you're right. This is like a Beaujolais Nouveau, like, in a different bottle. <laughs> and a different grape. And it's been aged. Yeah. And not the first release. At any rate, yeah, I mean, this is... I like what they're doing. I mean, I like I like the concept. Also, I guess I will give kudos. So this is probably... I mean, they say that this is very... It shows a typicity of a Chilean Pinot, right? That's one of the things that they say on their website. Okay. So maybe this is true. However, one thing I'll say, we talked about how this... Prisma is sustainably farmed. They don't use a lot of chemicals and stuff like that. Yep. It's is it organic? I whatever. So we're not going to find a lot of additives. So kudos for letting what is there kind of shine through without adding a bunch of stuff to kind of, you know, cater to a very specific palette. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe they should just like lessen up on the oak. Uh, I agree. Yeah, this, I've never been a Chilean wine fan. I have yet, and you know what? Challenge me, listeners. <laughs> Tell me a wine from Chile that I'm going to love because I have not found that Since one. I've known Sarah, the only time she's drinking, she's drank. drinking. <laughs> Guys, didn't even finish the glass, Sarah poured me. Uh, the only time she's drunk a Chilean wine is when we did the Argentinian Chilean wine tasting, which was last year. And I was forced to. And you were forced to. Yeah. And um, I think when we drank the mementos yep. at the beginning of the year. Well, see, whites from Chile, I actually have had a few good ones. Okay. It's usually the it's reds. the reds that are really. They're so earthy, like Tempranillo and stuff like that. Yeah. We got to do a podcast on one one day. And I know Argentina is like in that same region. I I usually like Argentinian Well, wine. Argentinian Malbecs are. Yes. You know. You know. it's They're not, they're not my go-to, but I... I like them. They're good. So, yeah. <laughs> Chili's like on the bottom of the list for me. That's okay. Wine regions, yeah. That's okay. I mean, again, yeah, this is totally for I'm someone. Not, you know what, though? I'd go there. I'd go there and I'd check it out. For shizzle. For shizzle, my nizzle. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Again, someone has a wine I should taste. You just, wanna, you just want someone to prove you wrong. Hell to the yeah. All right. Well, Kaleidoscope Vefics. Very interesting. I learned a lot. Dude, I could go on forever. I'm so glad that we talked about this a little bit. Let me get a little, you know. You got got a little bit. A little off my chest, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit, a little bit. All right. All right, guys. Well, we're back. We will be back next week. So until then. Until then, cheers. Cheers. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.